to the latest episode of Short Box Summary. I am your host, George Loftus. Joining me back for the next issue of Short Box to discuss a pretty exciting series. We've got Fabio Santana. Fabio, how you doing, bud? I'm doing good, George. Um, some would say I'm doing the best. Oh, yeah. congrats. That's, a, that's That's fantastic. Yeah, I just found out about a couple hours ago. That's oh, good news. <laughs> yeah. Nothing happened. I've just been playing Halo all day. Nothing important. But I found that out, and now everything's yeah. good. Everything's coming up, Fabio. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing, bud? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, this is a little confusing because this is going to come out. I think there's one episode between this and the last one we recorded. But we haven't recorded for six months. So we're trying to get back into the swing of things. They didn't know that, George. This could have been recorded in the same night. They have no idea. Well, I think it's funny because we wanted to record this last week or earlier this week. I can't remember. Time is confusing. Yeah, it doesn't make but sense. But you were exhausted from your booster shot. Yes. For COVID. I wanted to record this six months ago, but I was exhausted from my second vaccine shot. Hmm. So I'm starting to was... think old Biden's got something against us, that son of a bitch. Yeah, God, it's 5G. This is all his fault. Yeah. <laughs> so now it makes sense. So if anybody asks, the U.S. government wanted this to end. They didn't like yeah. our podcast. Hate small businesses, <laughs> especially small businesses that only lose money on production costs and, and website hosting. <laughs> uh, I'm, well, let's, you know what? Let's stop beating around the bush, Fabio. We're here to talk about Secret War. Had you ever heard of this series before I asked you to, to check it out on Hoopla? No. Um, I definitely had seen the cover art because it's very distinct. Um, it's just mm -hmm. like these black backgrounds with uh, um, just like a hero on the front. Um, it's got a very, very cool art style. So I had seen it, but I had like, there's fucking five different Secret Wars, George. Yeah, okay, so that's a good place to start. So originally, Secret War was a comic book event for Marvel back in, I want to say, either 84 or 85. And it sort of dealt with plucking all these random heroes that almost never had a reason to appear in the same book as each other and put them on this place called Battleworld, fighting a character called the Beyonder. Um, super important series. It was like the first big crossover Marvel ever did. Uh, then there was a sequel called Secret Wars 2, and that one is uh, not as well loved as the first one. And then this book came out. And now there's an even bigger story called Secret Wars that uh, happened in like 2015, which I think will be probably like one of the last episodes of this podcast. We'll be talking about that event, or at least uh, one of the last episodes of this podcast talking about Marvel. We'll be talking about that event. And it's actually uh, so the last Marvel comic that exists. So that's perfect. Yeah, that's, for where, sure. that's where everything ends. I mean, you joke, but that's like the Marvel Universe as we knew it uh, changed into I the Marvel Universe that. Th that we know it today. Sorry, spoilers. Um, this could be vaccine uh, superpowers. The 5G is giving me this extra knowledge. Oh. <laughs> it's got to be it. Yeah. It's got to be it. That's cool. Mine just made me sleepy. So uh, I'm jealous <laughs> that, <laughs> that you got bit by a radioactive vaccine booster. Speaking of radioactive, George, I found out I didn't really love a character as much as I, I, I thought I did by reading this comic. Ooh, um, I'm excited to jump in, yeah. I assume. Please interrupt me when uh, when we get there. Yeah. So so this is going to work like the last 
um, comic-related episode we did where we talked about Avengers Disassembled. So let's jump right into it. And when I say jump right into it, I mean, we got to talk about the foreword at the beginning of the book. So in the single issues, this isn't there. So if you're reading this book series on Marvel Unlimited, you'd never know this was here. Fabio and I read it. Um, I have the trade paperback. Fabio has a digital copy of the trade paperback available through Hoopla. And so I'm going to read some uh, some segments from the forward. And this forward is by Anonymous. I can't tell you who I am. I can't tell you what I do for a living. All I can say is I'm a high-ranking officer in the intelligence community of the United States government, and I've known Brian Michael Bendis since he was a toddler. When Brian sent me the gallery, the first chapters you were about to read, I was awestruck. It was like looking into a mirror world of the one I called home. And I did something I rarely do. I cried. It may have been the realization that I'd made such a profound effect on a young man, or the fact that Brian was so respectful of my words and memories. Either way, I was profoundly moved. I hope you will be too. So this guy is telling baby Brian Michael Bendis all these stories that he probably shouldn't be. And then Bendis, the writer of this book, adapts that story into a five-issue Marvel comic book event. So many questions, George. Yeah. Do, I you think believe, I, do you I believe this? First uh, on off? it, I don't know if you mentioned it, but on I think in the anonymous signature of it, it does say something about it them being like a government official or something. Yeah, he introduced himself as a high-ranking oh, okay, okay. officer yeah, so, in the intelligence community, yeah. So, I mean, there's no reason that this has to be real, right? Like, this can be purely fictitious, just... But, like, I don't know, man. Like, this is a very heavy book, politically. Very, very specific. Yeah, and, I mean, obviously we know some of the similarities that have happened in the real world, but... Um, I feel like this is one of those secret stories <laughs> that you don't hear about that maybe Bendis heard at a young age. What I found interesting about the note, um, which we can get into later on towards the end of the comic, um, at the end of the episode, but I found it interesting that his tears only came with, um, they only came up because he appreciated that Bendis listen to him like that seems like the wrong reason to to cry and i feel like okay yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, i feel like maybe um because it reminds you of something that happened in your life that maybe you'd wish you could forget yeah like oh that little turd was really listening yeah when i would get drunk at christmas parties and tell him yeah all all of my traumas yeah yeah (laughs) so there it, it brings up a good point of like obviously this is a fictitious version of a potential story that a high-ranking government official gave Bendis at a young age. So clearly there's going to be some, you know, many liberties taken with the way the story is told, but I have a lot of questions uh, about what parts are the fictitious parts. (laughs) Right. Um, Fabio, this book came out February 3rd, 2004. Do you remember where you were February 3rd, 2004? Do you remember what you were doing February 3rd, 2004? Well, that would have been winter time. Uh, I would have been 13 years old. Um, fuck if I know. I was probably just like rolling around in the snow. Fair enough. Just being All right, sad. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Do you remember 
picking this up or something or i do not remember picking this up i was not going to the comic book store every week when when this was coming out i was okay. in south america at the time wow. i was on summer summer vacation um so i was down there and i was not going to the comic book store because it was hard to get american comics in south america but i was checking out ign's comic book section every single day just trying to get mm, close remember that to website r.i.p ah uh, yeah yeah i had a lot of fun there um <laughs> also I had not a lot of fun there <laughs> um so i was not buying this book but this book was on the wall when i moved back to the states and started going to the shop every single week every single wednesday to get new books and I just didn't feel cool enough to buy this comic when I first showed what? up. Because, what does that well, mean? Like you, like you said, like look at the cover, man. It's like a gorgeous painted character on all black background. And it's got that little lineup of small mugshot and surveillance shots making up like this thin one inch line. Yeah. Balances out the character. In this case, the first issue is a, a portrait of Spider-Man and the title. Um, there's like it, It's just so mature because it doesn't say like Marvel limited series one of five. It says book one of five in like a, a sans serif font on the cover. And it just seems so like mature and bespoke and cool that like when I went to the store and like saw this, I'm like, oh, that's I, I'm not ready for that yet. Wow, <laughs> George, know? I feel like you sell yourself short on a lot of things. And this is definitely a clear indication of that. Oh, uh, that I wasn't cool enough to buy the comic. You're not cool Spider-Man enough to buy a comic. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Ah, uh, big, so, big, vir- big virgin mentality, which I mean, I was, I was 13. It looks very so yeah. adult. It looks very it adult. And it looks like, I mean, it, it, the story is a pretty adult. And uh, what is this going to, is this like a, a teen line or is this like a mature comic? Like, how does that work? Because there's definitely some, like a bunch of swear words that are, you know, mixed yeah. up and not actually uh, fully written out, but it's a pretty this... adult comic. This had a PSR warning on it, which was the parental supervision recommended. So it was like a more mature comic. And it's important to note that like when this book was coming out, like The Wire was in full swing, Mm. you know, like that was the kind of art that people were ingesting and regurgitating because they thought it was cool. And they were right. The Wire is a great show. Yeah. So I think like that uh, just as as one example that I think is worn pretty, pretty plainly. Do you want to start jump? Yeah. No, I was going to say, like, most Wire characters are all shit people. Um, except except to... Bubbles, yeah. Yeah, except Bubbles. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, I feel like the beginning character that this opens up with kind of gives me a new perspective on him. I think the last episode we talked about Luke Cage. And I said I said something about not really liking the way he was portrayed. He was, portrayed like he was just kind of this i don't know just the way he like beats down on his own neighborhood um like it does it's not a he's not fighting the actual problems you know <laughs> like he, he's sure. kind of just it's more of like the the, the 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 symptoms the symptoms of all the actual problems yeah and i i get he's doing his best but man this opening does not make me like him anymore all right yes well, let's tell people what you didn't like let's jump right into yeah. it uh so issue one opens Luke Cage and pregnant Jessica Jones are walking home with groceries. They're recognized by some kids and Luke hits them up for info on a local drug pusher who's dealing near a school. They come home and a woman is in their apartment. She goes berserk and blasts their apartment all to hell. 
Uh, we cut to Nick Fury, who's getting debriefed on a helicarrier. They're reading off a list of just bizarre shit that only makes sense in comics. And then some intern says that Luke Cage has been hospitalized, and that catches Nick Fury's attention. Fury then visits Luke at the hospital, meets with Iron Fist and Jessica Jones. Iron Fist goes, what are you doing here? I didn't know you knew Luke. And Fury responds, yeah, I knew him a little. Uh, Jessica <laughs> is in the corner, and she's fuming immediately and says, do you know who did this to him? I mean, why are you here? You see what I'm saying? And that was supposed to be like her cool badass moment. Super gorgeous art. Uh, we didn't oh mention the artist. So I'm sorry. Gorgeous. Uh, Gabriel Delato, this really, really incredibly talented Italian painter. And the way he draws eyes, especially in this scene where Jessica is accusing Nick of uh, being responsible for what happened to Luke is just absolutely incredible. Uh, from here, we go into a flashback. Uh, it's one year ago. And S.H.I.E.L.D. agents Sitwell and James Wu, um, who are probably familiar to people who watch the MCU movies. Sitwell was the guy from Captain America Winter Soldier, who turns out was working for HYDRA. And James Wu was Randall Park's character on uh, WandaVision. So we know those people. They are interrogating a villain named Killer Shrike. And after he's had his ass handed to him by Iron Man... And they're building to a point is that Killer Shrike is not good at his job. He has absolutely no money to his name at all. His tech costs uh, tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And Shrike keeps talking about due process. And once he realizes they're shield agents, he, he figures out exactly how screwed he is. And they start beating the shit out of him and demand the name of his supplier. And he finally like snaps. Lot. Yeah, yeah, they really... Ugh. He finally snaps and it shows Nick Fury in a blue and red light looking like Emperor Palpatine. And it's like a hologram communicator or whatever. And then Nick Fury briefs the president and lays out that there are so many criminals with expensive tech who can't afford it. And he shows a line that connects these criminals to the Tinkerer, who is a villain in the Marvel Universe, kind of like a a mechanic-focused one. I think he was actually in Spider-Man Homecoming, the first Mm -hmm. Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. He was the one who was just like adapting all the shit for for um, the Vulture, Michael Keaton's character. And so he connects the Tinkerer to all these villains, and then he connects the Tinkerer to the elected prime minister of Latveria, a Lucia von Bardas. Uh, Latveria is where Dr. Doom is from. Dr. Doom is not the current prime minister because I believe he was in hell at this point in his storyline in the Fantastic Four. That's fucking cool. Uh, And so because of this distinction, because he's getting money or tech from... Uh, from Latveria, he's like, these aren't just like, you know, super criminals or just like homegrown stuff. Like these are state sponsored terrorists. And the president's like, well, fuck, we've given her like a hundred million dollars in aid. Uh, so we're not going to listen to your plan because this is too embarrassing for us to like be in the situation. So they just shut him down completely. Uh, then an agent catches up and she asks Fury what happened. He goes, it's all happening again. They have the information. They have it. They know who they, and they know who, and they, irrefutable evidence in their hands as to who their enemy is, and they are going to sit on it and do nothing. They are going to blink and follow the rules of diplomacy that no one else plays by, and people are going to die. I can't go through it again. The agent asks, what are you going to do? And it cuts back to Nick looking uh, over Luke Cage's comatose body in the hospital, and just muttering to himself, what have I done? And that is the first issue of Secret War. 
what do you think? This is your first big event. I know we read Avengers Disassembled. That wasn't really, that wasn't technically an event. That was a big story in like an ongoing book, but this was like a series created for the express purpose of this narrative. What did you think of that opening shot? Yeah, no, I was very interested. Um, I like, I, I don't follow Avengers and shield very much. Um, you're a so big, I, you're a big X-Men guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like X-Men a lot. And I like some like of these off beat, you know, heroes. Like I, I really like daredevil. Um, and Moon Knight. I know you're a big Moon Knight. Yeah, stand. Moon Knight's yeah. Awesome. Um, very few schizophrenic superheroes. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, there are literally dozens of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I'm not super familiar with their organization, but like, it's it's I don't know if this is supposed to be a good guy versus bad guy thing. I don't know if the lines are that clear in this one. Um, mm. It's it's a lot of like so I'm guessing they're like basically like a contract the same way like the FBI is, you know, part of the federal government. Like is Shields is Shields contract with the government in a similar fashion are they like it goes it sort of oscillates back and forth because sometimes shield is like absolutely an extension of the u.s government sometimes they're a global peacekeeping force like partnered with the u.n i think post 9 11 uh, they have a great it was, track record <laughs> yeah i think post 9 11 it was more aligned with like the u.s government yeah and um 9 11 changed a lot of things I'm not yeah and this is only not... a few years after that right yeah, so I'm not going to pretend that it didn't change a lot of things. So one thing that, like, I don't know, I didn't think it would change so much was comics, where, like, comics became less about, yeah, like, these brightly clad villains, you know, just doing villainous deeds, and more, like, this shit, like, state-sponsored terrorists, like, actually calling them what they are, you know? In yeah. This, in this uh, example. And and so, yeah, like, S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, went from being, yeah, like, this, this superhero force for the world to being, like, guantanamo bay but can go anywhere because it's got the helicarrier you know um, right right and so at the time um just to clarify it was bush was still president yeah yeah so yeah february february 2004 is when this issue came out so he was running for re-election that november um so i mean it really been... really close with john Kerry. super close no, it wasn't. yeah uh, uh <laughs> I, uh, I'm wondering what this is like, cause it has to be a specific president that this story is written about. Like if you do the math, I'm sure if I figure out Brett Bendis's age and everything, <laughs> like try to like pinpoint who might've been the president at the time. Oh, I think it was, I, I think it's gotta be Reagan, right? Like, I, th I think it's either Reagan fighting like the Contras or Reagan, like arming the Afghanistan troops that would fight the USSR and then eventually become like the Taliban. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing is like, I feel like uh, Reagan is not one of the most unhated presidents um, on the, in, like from a military perspective. Like he still um, no. has like a lot of um, respect on the conservative, you know? Oh yeah. No, military. he, uh, I, yeah, I think he pretty much screwed over the country uh, domestically. Yeah, you know, I think I think that was that was the big one, uh, and 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 foreign, you know. Uh, but also, um, I don't know. I, I just I feel like this is a interesting story because I, you know, written about a president that I was under the impression, especially like nowadays, you have games like you know Call of Duty Cold War where it's like Reagan's portrayed as this, you know, sniveling master piece of shit. chief, yeah. you know, 
kind of character. He's like this great guy. Uh, oh, sorry. I, I was talking about the ending where you... Oh, right. Yeah, well, I it mean, depends I on mean, how you play it. Spoilers, uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just it's just an interesting thing to keep in mind that this is supposed to be based on a real story. So I'm not just filling in blanks and trying to put things together, but I think that this is about something, right? That it's happened it's that, life. and I, I feel like the U.S. government, like, those are just, like, the stories we know about. I'm sure there's right. dozens of stories we don't know about. Oh, like, absolutely. Oh, maybe it was people in Laos. I don't know. Maybe it was people in, like, you know, the... Uh, Congolese rebels like who's to say exactly (laughs) what the specific situation is oh absolutely Uh, yeah uh but yeah this also felt like a a different uh series because like the cool thing about comics is their scale and their scope and so I think the last big series before this one was called Maximum Security and it was about uh like the Kree and Skrull Empire or I think just the Kree Empire basically didn't want to hold on to their prisoners anymore so they turned earth into a quarantine zone and dumped all their super dangerous space criminals on earth and just turned earth into a prison and so there was like the heroes trying to stop these maniacs from running around and also stop the kree who did that uh so that was like the last big event to happen before this one and so just you could get whiplash you know going from like the just changing tones right right and um as far as characters go uh was was Doctor Doom like a big factor before this 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 story took off? Yeah, yeah, he was. I mean, he's always like either one A, one B in terms of like biggest villains of the Marvel universe because right. it, it's like him and Magneto. I think are like okay. the two biggest like uh, Earthbound villains. Um, okay, just trying Doom... to figure out what Latveria is like at this point in time in the Marvel universe. Oh yes. Uh, small Eastern European country, um, fiercely loyal to, to doom and doom's line. Um, okay. But yeah, he was definitely in hell at this point. There is a really popular and really good, uh, extended run on fantastic four by a writer named Mark Wade and an artist named Mike Waringo. And, um, yeah, really cool. I think three part story called hell all about, uh, doom getting there and then eventually getting out. But yeah, fuck that's, that's issue one. So let's, let's yeah. jump into issue, issue Absolutely. two. Uh, issue two opens with cat battling terrorists on the steps of the UN. Hey, yeah. yeah. Talk about way it. to do it. Yeah. Uh, and he's narrating <laughs> and he's uh, unusually self-deprecating instead of romantic saying he was created a billion years ago instead of a lifetime ago. There's like little things like that, that just sort of give this book like a, a bit of a harder edge. He goes, I don't have time for fancy. I don't have time for speeches. They might have chemical weapons on them. They might try to blow themselves up to make a point no one in this country will ever understand. I know I won't. I never will. And so that seemed like the great uh, modernization of, of Captain America. And there was a Marvel Knights uh, story going on at the same time, a Marvel Knights series for Captain America going on at the same time, which also was like definitely very mature. It wasn't him fighting, you know, time-displaced Nazis. It was him fighting like actual like terrorists and stuff. Um, yeah. So this is in, in character with that. I feel that line was very interesting where he just said, you know, that they'd blow themselves up for, uh, for, um, a a reason that nobody in the country would ever understand. And he says, I wouldn't, I don't, won't understand either. Are you fucking Mm. kidding me? You don't know why they're over here doing this shit. (laughs) Like this whole story is basically like why you don't fuck around with other people. (laughs) There are consequences. Uh, well, this is before the big mission, but yeah, I mean, also he's been doing this long enough. He's he's yeah, gotta know. He's, he's gotta, gotta know. know. 
he's he's traveled to different countries to you know fight across the world and yeah like he says like he says he's created a billion years ago a lot of stuff happens in a billion years that's an epoch baby yeah you gotta know (laughs) Uh, later that night, Fury recruits Cap for a mission, and when Fury gets uh, Cap to agree, he tells him no Avengers, no S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, he's needed for something secret. Uh, Fury then recruits Daredevil, then Luke Cage. Uh, Spider-Man is going home, and he's praying that he doesn't run into another villain, kind of like when I'm playing a game, and I hope I don't get mixed up in like another random battle encounter, like, I just want to get to my save point. Please stop, please stop attacking me. Um and uh, by the time he gets home, like, boom, he's recruited too. Everyone seems to know who Colonel Fury is in all these stories, which I guess makes sense. Uh, I mean, I, I, like, I think that's like bad spy if everyone knows who you are. But when I was a kid, everyone like knew who like General Schwarzkopf were and it was and like who Colin Powell was. So like, I guess it makes sense that everyone knows the world's greatest spy. But that's got to be hard on the job, right? If everyone knows who you are. Yeah, I mean, at that point, you're not a spy, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like when James Bond goes into the the poker game and uh, he has like a fake name and everyone's like, okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing against someone named Le Chief and uh, I believe that's his name more than I believe your name is, is not James Bond. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I know that that part, That's just before we move on, the thing I didn't like about Luke Cage, George, that mm-hmm. I learned, um, was that when they show him getting recruited, it's him holding up a young kid, like by the shirt in the air, making him say his own name. Like he wanted this kid to say Luke Cage, and told him not to sell drugs um, in that area again. And then as soon as the kid runs away just a picture of luke cage holding money like just fistfuls of money mm-hmm. and um and not being a great asked, look. yeah and being yeah. asked i always wondered what you did with the money after a drug bust like that and i just <laughs> found that very interesting like is that is this a good portrayal of what luke's luke cage's character is normally like i don't think it is okay um i don't know if you're gonna come on for the the new avengers episodes that I'm, we're gonna do after this um but I think Luke Cage definitely gets better treatment there, which is funny because it's by the same author. Interesting. Um, okay. But I just think that the uh, the intention of the series, like the goal of the series, is different. Um, it's there's there's this phrase that I like, and it's it's kill the cop in your head. And I feel like if the cops weren't doing a good job in the streets of Harlem, then maybe Luke Cage shouldn't have done the same thing that with the, they were having issues with. I don't know. He just doesn't seem like. Like, and you know, at the time it was a different world. Like you said, you know, the wire was out. So it showed very mm-hmm. like aggressive, but it was supposed to be a, a, a warning a sign not to do that. Okay. okay yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, yeah. He definitely doesn't act like a, like a hero so much as like an older brother, I guess, for like the neighborhood. That's it, great. Like in the sense that like, he also like gets a little rough sometimes. Give me your lunch money. You know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that that's always a great way, but sure. Uh, From there, yeah, anyway, anyway, uh, from there, Peter Parker, Spider-Man goes to the airport and boards a plane, and he recognizes Matt Murdock, uh, Daredevil's secret identity, almost immediately, and they try to share all the info they can on what's going on, but they're interrupted by just a fucking blackout-wasted Wolverine. God, Uh, he's he's such an asshole. 
Yeah, he's telling everyone he just took a shit. He's aggressively <laughs> hitting on the flight attendant. He managed to sniff out that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, like literally, like he he's, he recognizes the smell of Peter Parker as Spider-Man. Uh, Steve Rogers gets up and threatens to put him in his place. Um, yeah, that scene really reminds me of like The Breakfast Club, like Steve Rogers was Emilio Estevez threatening Bender for like yeah. aggressively hitting on uh, What's Her Nuts. Um, uh, stewardess uh molly ringwald oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> stewardess molly ringwald <laughs> stewardess molly ringwald yeah i like the uh he had very like um big billy madison no i will not make out with you vibes logan is just such an asshole and i asked also did i uh, think spider-man peter, or at least peter parker is one of the most annoying characters in this comic uh i know that that's his thing but yeah. I just, oh my god! The, the no, it's not his thing. Ones. He's he's quippy. He's not not supposed to be annoying. But this just seems like every, like that's an interesting thing about this book. Is I think the stereotypes are like really dialed up just to like make you understand the characters a little faster. Because like that five issues, sense. five issues isn't a typical length for a, like a miniseries like this, like an event. Like it's usually six issues, sometimes twelve issues. Okay. Uh, not not to mention all sorts of tie-ins. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like it should, it, I, I think he, they did that just to speed up readers on like getting the character. Um, also, so, Angelina Jolie's in this. Okay, okay, fuck yeah, I was about to get to that. Uh, <laughs> so every, everyone in the cabin is recognizable except for one young woman. I was going to ask you who you thought she looked like because I wrote Angelina Jolie. I asked Aaliyah, uh, my partner, and she says Charlize Theron. Oh, come on. It's Angelina Jolie. Like it's. It's fucking clearly Angelina Jolie, did, right? Did, did they get sued for this? Did she know that she was in this? This is her. Like, this is hands down Angelina Jolie's likeness. I don't know, because this is... This is before the MCU, but it's after, like, X-Men... I think it's the same year as X-Men 2. I think it's the same year as Spider-Man 2. I think it's a year after, like, Ang Lee's Hulk and, like, the same year as, like, the Daredevil movie. Um, so like these, these are getting popular, but like comics themselves still aren't popular at this point. Like Marvel just barely got out of like bankruptcy a couple years earlier than this. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So I don't know if anyone frankly like noticed, <laughs> but it's, it's clearly that's Angelina, clearly insane. Angelina Jolie. Yeah. The lips. Um, like yeah. that's, it's not Charlize Theron. No. Um, yeah, sorry. I did not do her, her Afrikaans pronunciation. Pardon me. <laughs> um, once they get to Latveria, they meet up with Black Widow, who takes them to an inn, and Nick Fury makes a dramatic entrance. Peter brings up that this is a super secret spy mission, so why put everyone on the same plane? And Fury responds, you're a teacher, a lawyer, a kid on spring break, a bodyguard, and whatever Logan is, and Captain America, and 132 other people aboard that plane. The only people who be looking that carefully at something like that is me, and I'm not looking. Uh, is that a good enough excuse? Because I don't think it is. Like, I don't think that's, like, an, enough cover no, no, it's definitely not. Um, they're flying commercial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even even in the 1960s, uh, Solid Snake, not Solid Snake, Liquid Snake uh, did a, a helo drop, right? Dropped yeah. from a high, high altitude, low Absolutely. orbit. Absolutely, yeah. And, even um, he did that, and that was in the 60s. I don't know how intentional this is as well, but um, the... Uh, the military people that are there to meet them as well that are like they're standing guard they're all holding israeli weapons i think that's interesting i don't know if that's intentional or they just pulled some gun offline and modeled it but 
Uh, probably that. I feel like that's probably how like a lot of reference work gets done. I mean, like that's how Angelina Jolie wound up in the comic, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess so. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if there's any supposed to be any type of like resemblance to like Latveria and like any type of and, Israeli like <laughs> cultures no. or anything like that. No, I don't think so. But also okay. I think Israel sells a lot of weapons too. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So they could have been funding. But the, the point is they're not holding M4s. They're not holding American weapons. Yeah, that is a great call out. Um, Fury briefs them on why they're there. And uh, the bada bing, bada boom, baby. They're there to overthrow the Latvian government. Um, God, it's so we, cool. We cut back to today, the day that Luke Cage gets hospitalized. And Cat bursts into the hospital room, uh, realizes that it's true, and he just knocks Fury right the fuck out. Just just knocks him cold. So we know that this mission happened, and we know that no one's fucking happy about it, but the happiest person about it is Nick Fury. So I'm excited to find out what went wrong, aren't you? Absolutely. Also, he he got I'm pretty sure it's a backhand on that knock knockout. Like when he put him down. The, the motion of Captain America looks like he's doing oh, a backhand. It's just a slap. Well, oh, yeah, man. He, he's no he fist. <laughs> Dude's like bleeding from the mouth. Like Captain America's strong as shit. Oh, uh, God. Cap's... It's one of those things. Like, I don't know who, like, my favorite superhero is. I don't know who my, like, what my favorite comic book is. But, man, when I'm, like, reading a good comic that's usually like my my answer like when i'm reading like a good batman comic i'm like yeah batman's the fucking best and when i'm reading a, like there's just something different about reading a good captain america comment oh, sorry comic um like the winter soldier stuff that was going to start uh the next year after this book is like one of my all-time favorite comic book runs and so i know you're a little iffy on uh the nationalist image of captain america but i think uh, you might enjoy the Captain America book if uh, if you're so inclined to join for those episodes. Yeah, no, absolutely. I will 100% read it. Um, cool. And I don't I'll hate absolutely... him as a character. I just think that some writers make weird choices with it. I think that's completely fair. And uh, because because I know you, because I know everything about you and comic oh, books, God. I think, I think uh, we're totally going to do Daredevil. We're totally going to do Moon Knight too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that ends issue number two. Issue three opens with Peter going out to dinner with MJ. I'm 90. Yeah, they're married at this point. I'm 99% sure they're married at this point. Um, and got they're having, yeah. yeah. I mean, Peter's got pretty bad luck. She's a babe, but yeah, I understand like locking that down. Um, <laughs> uh, they're out to dinner and uh, Peter's having these like beautiful purple hued flashbacks beautiful god, uh, in terms of so art good. how long do you uh, think this took my god this book had so many delays this book i think was supposed to be monthly then they pushed it to bi-monthly and then it ended up taking like a year and a half for it all five issues to some come of the best art though it's gorgeous yeah it looks almost like old like fantasy art from like the 70s yeah yeah um just super gorgeous. I, I think it, it's got to be all like acrylic paints. Like it's just in, incredible to look at. Um, uh, so uh, we check in uh, at the hospital after Peter's flashbacks and, and nightmares uh, while he's out to dinner. And Cap is still trying to beat the shit out of Nick Fury. And <laughs> Jessica, tells, yeah, Jessica tells Cap that her baby is fine. 
And Cap says the hospital isn't safe. They need to get somewhere like the Baxter building, which is where the Fantastic Four live. Uh, Spider-Man breaks into Daredevil's apartment and tries to talk to him about the dream he's been having lately and asks, so why am I having these flashes of memories of something we didn't do? Daredevil assures Spidey that's probably nothing. And just as he's about to leave, he checks his answering machine and gets a voicemail from Jessica Jones, filling them in and asking for help. Just as they're about to take off for the hospital, they're attacked by Scorcher and Diamondback, who are two tech-based villains. They talk about their job, and Scorcher freaks out because he's had bad run-ins with Spidey, and they were only expecting Daredevil. And they address him as Murdoch because over in the Daredevil ongoing at the time, also by Brian Michael Bendis, Daredevil's secret identity has been outed to the papers. I am very excited to read that comic with you because it is fucking good. Um, It cuts back to Cap talking to Fury, and he explains that he was also jumped by tech villains. He called S.H.I.E.L.D. and put two and two together. Uh, While they're talking, Daredevil and Spidey show up, and Fury just cryptically says... It's the anniversary. All of a sudden, explosions start crackling in the sky and bombs are going off near the heroes. Before they know it, dozens of villains show up and corner them. Cap and Fury call in reinforcements, but uh, temporarily it would appear they are fucked. Uh, Then at the end of this uh, issue, there's a phone call transcript from Cap calling in to S.H.I.E.L.D. And Bendis did this a lot where he would just sort of come up with supplemental material to add to a book just to sort of elaborate on more backstory elements. Um, and and just give more stuff to the readers uh it's it's fine um <laughs> I, I don't think it's necessary for the story but like i don't know when you're a kid and you spend you know four of your twelve dollars on one book it's nice to have more to read i guess uh but that was issue three fabio what do we think of the story so far yeah so definitely it's um it's a big jump right going from like arriving in latveria and uh nick fury having an old lady's face melt off of his <laughs> and explain yeah. to them that they're gonna they're there for something and then it just bounces straight to this where like they have no idea what's going on um mm. they're not aware of like something like clearly like their their mission wasn't the only thing that was happening <laughs> like <laughs> nick fury had planned this very far out but not far enough um and uh yeah no it's very exciting the last the last image in the book um it's got a lot of spider-man um villains in it i mean i guess they're in new york city so that makes sense but right um, yeah it's got tons of different spider-man villains that uh, you got even oh there are shocker in there so like oh i oh i got, I got some questions for you in the next issue. okay yeah yeah let's see who, how many people i even recognize that's exactly what we're going to play. Yeah. yeah All right. Uh, right. So it, issue four opens and Wolverine is doing what all good teachers do. He is drinking beers by himself on the steps of his school. When he smells something <laughs> funny, he pops his claws uh, and then he gets bombed out. Uh, oh my God. To- skin just melting off. Yeah. It looks like the Terminator, right? Like it, it so looks like cool. a scene out of, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Uh, two nerds show up and they have no idea how bad a time they're about to have. <laughs> we cut back to the city and our heroes are getting their asses handed to them. Uh, I had to look it up and uh, these are all the villains who appeared. So Fabio, I just want a straight yes or no as we play a game called Have You Heard of This Fucking Guy? Oh God. Okay, let's do this. All right. And remember, I think some of these names share names with uh, some of these characters share names with, like DC people. This is strictly in the context of Marvel. So let's go through it. Uh, villain number one, Boomerang. Nope. 
Villain number two, Constrictor. Nope. Okay. Uh, I'd heard of Constrictor. I do not remember Boomerang uh, at, at the time. Is this the big spider that's in one of these panels? The giant spider? Uh, <laughs> yeah, is Boomerang no, the giant spider? <laughs> no, we're getting to him now. Okay. Uh, Crimson Dynamo. No. Specifically Crimson Dynamo 9. Okay. We're looking at the same uh, panel, right? Yeah, like the big splash page yeah, with all these. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Wow, I thought I knew more than that. Um, Crossfire. Yes. You did know Crossfire. I do know Crossfire. Okay. Uh, Diamondback. Uh, only because he was already in this one a second ago. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, wait, that's okay. a female. No, yeah, she was in it with Scorcher. Yes. God, there's so many there's fucking so many. people in this. Yeah, uh, Eel. No. Who the fuck is Eel? Uh, Goldbug. Nope. Okay. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going because this game is fun for me. Because like I don't fuck like I read this comic t- two days ago and I, I barely remember who all these people are. There was um, <clears throat> there's a book series. <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, there's a book series um that usually follows up a lot of events called like Secret Files. And there was one that was uh, the Secret Files for Secret War, and so it's basically just like a dossier of like character bios of everyone who appeared in the book. And so if you are so inclined, listener, I recommend checking that out because that'll go into more detail than I'm willing to go into yeah, for these guys. No. Uh, did I say Goldbug? Uh, you did. Um, is that not Scorpion and... Or not Scorpion. Um, lizard and Hobgoblin in there? Or sorry, we're Green getting, Goblin? We're getting, we're getting to some people. Oh, oh there's more. Uh, it's, Shit. Yeah. Oh, there's okay. a lot more. Uh, oh Hobgoblin. It's actually Hobgoblin, not oh, Green Oh, it is Hobgoblin. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Killer Shrike, who we met earlier in the story. Okay, yep. King Cobra. Nope. Lady Octopus. N- nope. Mentallo. No, what? Mr. Fear. Dude, there's only like five people in here. Nope. Oh, yeah, wait, Mr. Fear, I do know. Okay. Uh, Scorcher. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Talked to him earlier. Um, Scorpion. Yep. Shocker. Yes. I know Shocker. Spider Slayer. Technically no. Spider, Spider Slayer 19. <laughs> what? No. Uh, the Tinkerer. No. Trap, oh, wait, yeah, trap, Tinkerer, yes. Trapster. No. Wizard. No. Okay. I knew, wow. I knew fucking four, maybe five of those people. So here's what I think happened. I think... Bendis was like, I need to assemble a whole lot of villains who are going to get screwed. And they were like, okay, here. And they like emptied out the toy bin of characters at the Marvel Universe. And like, well, this person's appearing here. Can't do this. This person's appearing here. Can't do this. This person's Whoever's appearing tied here. Up. Can't do this. So he just got like all like the fucking store brand G.I. Joes, you know, that aren't okay. G.I. Joes, but like, you know, combat specialists or whatever. Like he just got yeah. like all like the the dollar action figures from, from Dollar General. And uh, he put together a big army from there because these are all like not very uh standout characters and there's so few stories that feature them even after this book that even i'm struggling and i've read a lot of comics um so those are all the villains that have appeared who's uh, doc quad over here i think that's either spider slayer or lady octopus okay all right i, th- I think that makes sense 
Um, so there's a lot of fighting and a lot of back and forth. Sometimes it looks like the heroes are winning. Sometimes it looks like they're fucked. The Daredevil's heroes get the only one who gives a shit about any other humans that are civilians. <laughs> like always. Yeah. Yeah. That guy, he's the best. Uh, Bendis writes a really good Daredevil. Um, the heroes get really cool moments of ass kicking and some badass lines. Yada, yada, yada. It, it looks like all out war. Like there's 25 people fighting and it looks like armies yeah. are cl- clashing in the street. Um, Finally, Daredevil puts down Scorcher, one of the villains who attacked him and spidey his apartment, and Scorcher says, yo, man, you think I wanted this? I mean, I've done bad shit in my life, but this, I never would have signed up for any of this if I knew this was how dark it was going to get. I traded my whole life for this damn suit, and now I'm fucked so bad. The swears didn't appear in the comics, there was like little little glyphs, uh, and so I was just improvising on what I think the words are going to be. I like to just make up random words whenever I see that. It's for interpretation. And now I'm flarked so bad. <laughs> or like now I'm shitted so bad. Yeah, I'm bal- I'm balonied the hardest. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a crouton. Um, uh, just when it seems like the heroes are super screwed, the Fantastic Four show up and immediately the smartest man in the room, Reed Richards, tells Fury he's going to help, but he wants to know why he's fighting. Pourquoi? Yeah, pourquoi, Senor Fury? <laughs> Explain to me, please. Um, just when it seemed like there's hope, the boss shows up, and surprise, surprise, it's the former Prime Minister of Latveria, Lucia von Bardas, except she's a cyborg now. Uh, everyone unleashes an attack on her that's stopped by some kind of force field, and she says, quote, you believe I would come so far, plan so long, and let you touch my body again? You cannot hurt me <sighs> anymore, Nick Fury. Take these words to hell with you. This is the Ooh. day you pay for all your sins. Uh, it turns out that all the villains and heroes were gathered because she fucked with the villain's suits and turned them all into one giant bomb, and it's about to go off. Fucking banger ending, right? What a oh line. God. What a line from from Von Bardas. Yeah. No, absolutely incredible. Um, the artwork is just so cool. Like It looks like a mixture of starcraft and i don't even know what else it's, it's just absolutely incredible if you could if you don't even care about reading this at least just google some of the artwork from this um series just please so yeah especially the ending it's just got some of the best looking villains yeah it's really nice because it's a dark scene but there's just like such intense bright lights like the lighting yeah. in it is just absolutely gorgeous like it's just the way uh like certain elements are, are highlighted because the lights is just uh very very impressive gabriel daldo uh didn't do as much comic work as i wish he would have uh, for marvel he, he's done some stuff for sure but man i wish he did more i wish he tweaked his style so he could be a little bit more consistent um all right, you ready to jump into uh, yeah. issue five? Let's go. All right. Issue five starts with Daisy Johnson being interrogated by S.H.I.E.L.D. Daisy Johnson is uh, Angelina, Angelina Jolie, Jolie. Yeah. that we've been referring to. That's who she uh, yeah, she's being interrogated by S.H.I.E.L.D. after the night's events. Um, do you like this kind of storytelling? Because I, I don't think I do. I think it takes out a lot of the, the tension and the drama. It's basically, uh, if any of you dumb nerds played Persona 5... <laughs> And you just getting interrogated as, and that's revealing the story. That's basically like what's happening here. Right. Well, it's just, I don't, I don't really like stories that start with something that's like the end of the first act. And then like, it starts with that. And then it goes back like three days earlier. It's like fucking just start at the beginning, man. Like just tell me a story in order. Um, 
Yeah, but this no, fe- I get it. But this feels super like cable premium TV pacing, you know. So like, I definitely think that like HBO was a huge influence um, on the adulting of the Marvel comic universe at the time of making yeah, it more I th- mature. I think it's a way to like deliver as well, like suspense in the story. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, sometimes it like it pays off to be able to not give you everything. It's it's I, I see it a lot with like these like. Um, these memory loss type stories where like, I mean, they just go back and forth. Um, I don't know if it's like a cop out for at this point, you know, since so many other people have done it or Mm -hmm. if it's a genius way of writing it, but yeah. All right. Uh, So sorry though, back to back to, I just had to get that off my chest. I'm not a fan. I want to know how you felt. Um, Back to Daisy Johnson. Uh, she is super badass. She's 18 years old and she has shield level 10 security clearance, which is like her and fury. And that's it. Uh, she's being asked what happened. And she basically just responds, go fuck yourself the entire time. Uh, so we cut back to earlier and the bomb that Lucia von Bardis made is going off and the heroes look absolutely screwed. Like you can barely see them in the light as this thing is putting off, which is like never great, you know? Um, don't want to get too close to the sun, and this thing looks brighter than the sun right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's all like of a, a sudden, giant oh, atom bomb, basically. Yeah, <laughs> going it, it it looks like real supervillain shit. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, though, she clutches her heart and starts screaming, and uh, God, she's ripped away from her tech. And then Daisy Johnson shows up and apologizes for being so late. We cut back to the interrogation. And there's some drama as the agents call her a mutant, like that's a bad thing. She isn't, but they meant it offensively. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, trying to second-class citizen her. Um, She explains that her powers are the ability to generate seismic waves that resemble an earthquake. And she says that she used it right on Von Bardis' power source. Uh, What's really interesting is the entire time she's explaining the events, she's constantly going to bat for fury, basically explaining, dude said this would happen and you didn't listen. Um, back at the fight scene everyone is recovering and Cap is demanding that Fury explains uh, just what the hell happened because he knows Fury was wrong for what he did uh, just as he's about to the X-Men showed up quote problem was I made too much of a stink about what I found and my reputation of being someone who doesn't take this kind of crap from people preceded me by decades they knew I was going to move on this I didn't care that they knew I just wanted to get it done before they tried to stop me then the thought occurred to me to my president want me to go off on my own and take care of it for him because his hands were tied or too dirty or had they invested so much money into rebuilding Latveri that the idea that maybe it had backfired on them was too much or did they actually think they could negotiate with people like that then I thought I didn't care all that mattered was that this had to be stopped but I couldn't use shield materials not only would it tip my hat it was an act of war Actually, without permission from the UN and the World Court, it was worse than that. An act of global treason. Terrorism. But the thing is, what I wanted to do here wouldn't have meant half as much as if I had used my men. Von Bardas wanted to punish us by funding our criminals, use our criminal system against us. So I had to use our heroes against her. Could I have slipped right into Castle uh, Doom in the middle of the night and quietly killed her? Yes, in her sleep, with two tiny drops of invisible poison cocktail into the filter of her air conditioning. But that's not the language these people understand. It says nothing. It would mean nothing. It wouldn't stop this coming attack. Just give it a purpose in someone else's hand. The punishment for their terror had to be loud. Total. 
So that was Fury defending himself. Heavy shit there. Lots of, lots to unpack. Yeah. Um, I think at first I, I kind of was like, all right, I kind of see where he's going with this. Like, you know, he had to make a hard decision to stop something that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But he didn't have a whole lot of evidence, George. Um, and what I found interesting was that... He no, he, been... had the, he had the testimony of someone named Killer Shrike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... Um, God, what like a bunch of mental gymnastics he must have been going through. Like they they wrote him as like, oh, I I made you know that this is what this is what God wanted. <laughs> you know, like he basically um, basically said that like this would have been okay if it would have been sanctioned by the government. The act didn't matter. It was whether or not it was approved. sanctioned and approved. Yeah. You know, like which I thought I just thought was like very very interesting you know that it's it's not the act of having to go in there with guns blazing and rip everything down because this is the only thing they supposedly understand mm-hmm. um like it's just uh it's a pretty pretty heavy line coming from nick fury yeah it's um it's a lot and uh just the whole <laughs> it, it definitely feels like sociopathic behavior yes. just when he's like just when he's like well maybe my president wants me to do something and that's why he didn't ask me to do something it's like ah, yeah. it's kind of a big reach my dude <laughs> like that's yeah i mean maybe but then you got all this other stuff involved now with you know like poison or not poisoning but um uh drugging a bunch of people to go and do this for you <laughs> like yeah. it's it's he did a lot um Oh, yeah, dude, we're we're gonna we're gonna get to some he- even heavier shit somehow than than that. Um, with what I think is like one of the most like poignant moments of the entire book. Um, but let, let so let's get back into yeah. it. Uh, then we see what actually happened that night. How they got through Castle Doom's defenses, confronted Lucia von Bardis, uh, and she called the president and told him what was happening. Then Fury instructs Daisy Johnson to bring the whole castle down. Uh, confronted by the heroes who are furious at what Fury has done. He just explains he's a wartime general and attacks like tonight are what he's against uh, every single day. He's trying to stop that no matter the cost. And he doesn't have time to worry about the people he uses. Then there's a conversation between Fury and Wolverine that's incredible. Uh, Wolverine, uh, Fury, outside of the X-Men, no one knows the hell I've been through more than you. And you'd do this to me, all I've been through, you'd poke at my brain. Fury, you're the best at what you do. Wolverine, I'd have done it for you without the head games. Fury, and sometimes you do, and sometimes I can't take the chance. Jesus Christ. Yeah, man, that's a lot. That's a lot to handle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, um, he's extremely shitty. <laughs> like, um, I like, you, you gotta wonder how much of this is for the better of the world and how much of this is for himself like Mm -hmm. as a character (laughs) like this seems like it's very much what he feels the need to do because this is what he's been doing like this is his this is his life is like going out and killing people in their own countries (laughs) yeah and an object in motion will continue in motion right like that's a yeah yeah um yeah so it, it definitely seems like it's a bit a bit of a bit more for him very little evidence uh wants to send a message and drugs all his friends to do that yeah it's not great it's not great (laughs) yeah 
Um, it's not great, which is why Wolverine immediately lunges forward and slices the fuck out of Fury. Oh, so just good. Killing him instantly. Uh, in response, Daisy creates an earthquake inside Logan's heart, exploding it from the inside out. Uh, it turns out that Fury was an LMD, a life model decoy, which is basically just a very, very lifelike robot meant to imitate someone else. Fury chimes in over the radio and is like, I hated being in this situation. I'm fucking done. You are never hearing from me again, which is, I think, just a super emo way to bounce, right? Like, just so a weird abusive. way to weird way to leave the situation (laughs) i just ruined everything and you'll never hear from me again yeah i guess you guys hate me forever now goodbye (laughs) yes you can't handle it like what and so this heart explosion uh that he goes through um daisy does say something about how like if anybody touches her if anybody tries to stop her that she'll blow up their hearts and you can't heal from it. So does Wolverine not, is he unable to heal from an exploded heart? How does that work? No, he, no, he can heal. He can heal, right? Okay, cool. Yeah. No, he can heal. Her point was that no one else has healing powers like Wolverine. So gotcha. like if, okay. if she does it to them, they're, they're, they're super dead. Does the thing have a heart? I don't really know. I've never, <laughs> it's, it's super interesting. Cause like he actually just got married recently in like the comics. I'm like, yeah, how can he have a baby though? And it turns out, like, one day a year, he becomes, like, human-human. Huh. And not thing-human. Um, okay. And so I'm like, I guess he gets has to get, like, a lot of a lot of fucking in on that day. Some weird werewolf shit. What if he has a tummy ache that day? What the fuck? I don't know, because it's, like, calcium, right? Like, you eat calcium. <laughs> like, that's how you settle an upset tummy. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I should read more comics where the, uh, the thing has the flu. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just to really do some research. Um, uh, so we cut back, and it is the new head of Shield, Maria Hill. That is Kobe Smulders from the uh, MCU movies. Uh, she's interrogating Daisy Johnson uh, one last time, and she asks Johnson, "How did this story not break in the media? How does a man send an army of costumed heroes into a foreign country and assassinate an elected world leader, and it does not make the papers?" Daisy, I don't know, but considering you have his job now, I think you'd better find out. Hill, you tell your master he's a criminal now, a war criminal, just like the rest of them. Uh, Johnson is dismissed, and on the deck of the helicarrier, she receives new orders from Fury. So he is totally lying. He's absolutely still operating. And so... Yeah, so like... Yeah, obviously it's very interesting that, like, she considers him a war criminal because, like, it didn't make the news. But, like, come on, we all know, like, <laughs> it's not the first time. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah war criminals don't make the news all the GD time. What makes them yeah. a war criminal? Is it... I think it's they got... getting caught. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, <laughs> come on. Caught. Holier than thou moment, right? I think she's just more mad about the fact that she didn't have any jurisdiction, like, over... Like, she mm-hmm. knows that Nick Fury is operating way outside so like is that maybe she just feels like she doesn't have the control and power but like she knows yeah um that was the final page of issue five as i alluded to earlier there's an extra issue called secret war from the files of nick fury which is basically just a dossier detailing every Mm -hmm. character that appeared in the series and a bunch of other heroes uh fury would have considered sending in uh a response team if they'd failed and a whole bunch of other technical stuff that's sort of relevant, but uh, not to enjoying the story just for like super, super nerds. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. 
So is this like pretty typical Nick Fury? Like, how does he have the funds? How does he have the like ability to continue to operate outside of Shield? Well, he is like just considered the most badass spy that's ever existed ever. So I assume he's been prepping for the day he'd be ousted and like i don't know it's marvel and comics in general just kind of like work in cycles okay. like this is not the this is not the first time he's like left shield but okay. I don't, it's it's weird it's almost like norse mythology i think you know how it's like the cycle of like ragnarok and the universe is destroyed just right. to be reborn again and i think the reason i want to start this podcast was because avengers disassembled was like the ragnarok of like the the 90s marvel universe and then this is like the start of like the 21st century sort of storytelling that happened that permeated like throughout the the main marvel comics universe so i think yeah i think that's actually like a really good analogy that i'm going to stick with uh for the rest of the podcast where this is just like you know the the birth of the modern marvel universe and so fury prepping for that day likely his entire life because he's a sociopathic fuck (laughs) he's extremely talented he's he's got to have like safe houses and and yeah yeah. what are they called dead drops and all that shit yeah, no, for sure. What do you think the purpose of this book was, George? I think the purpose of this book was twofold. I think it was to oust Nick Fury because there were some stories coming up that are incredibly important that Nick Fury is not there for. Okay. And so it basically made it so S.H.I.E.L.D. was no longer recognizable. That Like the new S.H.I.E.L.D. under Maria Hill, it wasn't going to be business as usual. It wasn't going to be like Captain America needing something. He's going to go see an old friend who's going to, you know, move some move some shit around and, and get stuff done. So I think it was to sort of alienate the heroes from having, like, a reliable source in S.H.I.E.L.D. I also think it was to sort of mature... Mature... Maturate? Maturize? The act of one maturing. The act of maturing the Marvel Universe <laughs> in terms of... Not necessarily storytelling, uh, but at least in presentation. Okay. And so I think this was supposed to be like a super cinematic looking book. And it, it felt like a like a HBO miniseries. I yeah, think at some point absolutely. In, in, ter- in terms of pacing. Um, yeah. Uh, how, you... how about you? Did, did you think that there was a... Like, um, a, 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 like an ulterior motive, I guess, for, for the story being told? Not necessarily. I just, I definitely wonder um, what the story is supposed to be about. This is villains coming into America and, you know, trying to kill American agents or whatever. So, like, I'm just wondering, like, what the real story was. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, is this yeah. a 9-11 story? Is this, like, there was a Ooh. secret thing that happened that kind of, like... <laughs> was uh you know american funding al-qaeda and you know and it, there's even comments in here from nick fury about like not just bowing down to like people who own oil um yeah you know so like i just wonder like you know what the actual story was here um i mean if this was a story told to him when he was younger i'm guessing maybe not maybe it was something during like the afghan wars or something but like we haven't had mm-hmm. like a giant the terrorist attack here really since 9-11 you know or before that like there was nothing so i don't know i just uh i wonder what this story was about actually <laughs> like yeah what i mean the fuck happened i need to know that's a, that's a good point though there, there's one really interesting vox article i remember reading right after um avengers age of ultron came out where it talked about how superhero movies have become America's endless attempt to rewrite 9-11. And it was just like showing like, uh, like almost like borderline like disaster porn that like someone mm. was able to stop, you know? 
Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if this is like, you know, a big terrorist attack that someone did manage to stop. And if this was Bendis sort of like, you know, self-correcting his own 9-11. But like 9-11 did like canonically happen in the Marvel Universe. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, well, there was, um, I remember seeing something even in the the Spider-Man movies. I think that they had something about the two towers, the twin towers, the two towers. Well, I know he was in it and then promotionally had him between the the twin towers and they cut that because those towers no longer existed but um yeah 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 i think i remember seeing something like a on a wall with like a newspaper or something like that in a few different marvel movies too one of the more famous issues of spider-man actually like around 9-11 was uh it was an all-black cover that just said the amazing spider-man in white font and then the entire issue was silent and it was just spider-man and other heroes like clearing the rubble of uh ground zero wow that is yeah. interesting so it's just different panels of them lifting rocks up and concrete chunks yeah and working with like emergency responders i think there's actually once i think there's actually one scene where like even dr doom is like appalled at like the destruction i'm like all right that's kind of pushing it but i see what you're i understand what you're doing dr doom would have blown up and the entire country if he could. new york yeah, if yeah. He could have. <laughs> i think he tried right a couple times a couple couple different hundred times yeah. <laughs> but yeah dude, that was secret war yeah i loved it it's i i love the idea that this is like a potentially a true story mm-hmm. you know that this like is inspired by a true story uh, is this like keeping you up at night trying to figure out like what are the perfect parallels between this book and real life yeah, I I'm, I could either go down a rabbit hole of Googling birthdays and figuring out like when this could have happened. <laughs> I remember Googling a little bit of information about it, and I couldn't find too much info about this note. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I kind of like the mystery of it. There's part of me that just wants to know the truth, but I do love the mystery of like whether or not this is actually based on a real event. Uh, bendis was born in 67 and he said he's known bendis since he was a toddler so i'm assuming that's like anywhere between 1970 and 1971 right because you don't refer to a five-year-old as a toddler right 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 so So that's when they met so it's like anything after 71 anything after 70 i mean it could have been an old story too you know yeah okay yeah that's fair like they could have been like old stories that he it might not have been like things that he that were happening at that moment so Jesus, yeah let me tell you a, let me tell you a story about laos it's like right <laughs> yeah. yeah it's very interesting um do you feel like this lies in the ground of like propaganda or do you feel like this was in, like and that's kind of what i was thinking too as far as like what do you think the purpose of the story was was do you think that this lies as like just a way to express a story that he had remembered that inspired a comic? Do you think it was that simple? Oh, that's, that's interesting. No, I, I, I don't think it was. I don't know. It's tough because like, I think everything is propaganda. It's just like determining how effective it is. Sure. Yeah. And, and like how much you like want to resonate with it. But I don't know, like there's ideology in literally everything. Of course. Right? Like you, like you can't avoid it. It's like literally the act that's something, 
the fact that someone made something means that there's inherent biases in the thing they made because a person with biases made the thing. Yeah. Even if your bias is to not have any sides or not make anything political, like that's still a choice as well. (laughs) Yeah. That's a, that's a statement. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, that you think a political message is bullshit. So that's you being anti-politics. Like there's literally a way to interpret everything. Right. And so it's, it's tough when you like look at the ideological lessons from this book. It's that like on one hand, someone needs to be willing to go super far to do what's right. And then on the other hand, it's so fucked up that you went so far (laughs) to do something that you thought was right, you know? So like, I think it asks more questions than it answers, but I do think that like, especially for Marvel at the time, incredibly thought provoking questions. Yeah. And I mean, it was a preemptive thing too, right? Like we don't Mm -hmm. know for sure whether that event would have happened in the first place. Like if there ever would have been an attack, if they right. had not provoked in the first place, you know? So sure. like, it, yeah, it, it definitely does. You're right. It, it brings up a lot more questions than, than anything else. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. I, I, I really love this book. I'm glad, man. I was, I was kind of worried. I, I love, even if it's a political story that I don't agree with necessarily, like politics are one of are very real in our world. So, like, yeah, you know, it's still a story and it's still something that it can exist. Um, and I, I absolutely adore it. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. very, very good. Highly recommend this book. It's extremely short um, and some of the prettiest art I've ever seen and will drive you nuts to know like what this is alluding to. <laughs> yeah, that and also drive you nuts knowing that like, think of all the things you do with your hand. Yeah. And like, look at what Gabriel Del Otto does with his hand. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and it's just yeah. like, man, I, 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 I've wasted my hands. Yeah, I've yeah. never drew like tried to draw Angelina Jolie ever. So like it's that's <laughs> that's already like ten steps back. Yeah, Fabio, I want to ask you this question because this is sort of going to determine what happens with the show immediately after this. Oh God. Well, I just I got some some stuff. So like I originally laid this out, so I just wanted to like move forward with comics because comics it's like. Well, to understand this story, I really should go back and read that story. And then, like, once you do that, you're like, well, okay, like, I understand this story. But to, like, really understand this story, I should go back and read that story. And, like, you can just do that until yeah. the beginning beginning of time. Yep, it's where I get stuck a lot. That said, I'm like, do I go back and talk about other stories or do I just push forward? Like, should I go back and cover, like, uh, you know, X-Men just to, like, get everyone up to speed on what the X-Men are doing? Should I do some Daredevil to get everyone up to speed on what Matt Murdock's up to? Or should I just forge ahead? Um, so I am not super, like, I didn't even know a lot of the villains in this story, obviously. Um, Mm. but even without knowing any of that, this was a very enjoyable story to, to get into. So I kind of like this, um, these like major events or just maybe like a chunk of a story. Like there's even, um, that, uh, um, kevin smith run of daredevil that's very short you know like i'm down with Mm. these like little short um storylines and story arcs i think that those are uh really nice ways to like be able to enjoy something without having to know every single little detail about it because that's never ending and that's a lot Mm. of stress george that you're gonna put on yourself sure explaining x-men and x and every x comic in that case, I think you're right. I think I just got to move forward. I'm going to do some smaller breakout issues. Uh, yeah. So, for example, the next episode on this feed, uh, it's going to be just me. It's going to be a solo home run, hopefully, or like a solo ground rule double or a solo just out at first. They all score. Um, 
No, not that last one. Except for the out. (laughs) Um, So I might just talk about New Avengers 1 through 6. Eventually, I'm going to get uh, Elijah and Austin from Frameskip, a video game podcast that you should consider listening to. Uh, We're going to talk about Young Avengers. And then I think I'm going to like start like do Captain America, like just like sort of like set the ground and then just sort of like jump into, I think, the bigger stories. And so the next time we hear from you, Fabio, we're going to be covering House of M. Hell yes. One of my favorite storylines. Yeah. And I'm going to try to get Marty on for that one, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I would love to 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 get into some X-Men stuff, too. Um, I don't know if there's any. Where does where does uh, Young Avengers start off? What year is Young Avengers? Young Avengers starts right at the end of Avengers Disassembled. Okay, so it's at like some liter- point, literally one of the first stories after. So at some point, we'll get to Avengers versus X Men. That's like yeah. way down the road, but yes, that's yeah, that's, we will. that's far down. Okay, cool. Just wanted to make and sure I will I will make sure that. you're in for all the major beats that lead to that. Yes, I'm excited. All right. Well, I think that about wraps up this uh, special episode of Secret War. Back to comics. Back to back to short box summaries. Roots talking about pulpy <laughs> pieces of paper that have pretty things on them. If you'd like to get updates on the show, uh, there are updates posted on Twitter. Please follow Purplebird six one six for more information, and also just for random uh, tweets and uh, appreciation about comics. Uh, recently, George Perez, one of my favorite comic book artists of all times, was diagnosed with terminal pancreatic cancer. Oh, no. So uh, Purple Bird 616 has primarily been a how great is George Perez Twitter account lately. Um, <laughs> God, he's so talented. That sucks. It does suck. Uh, do you want people to reach out to you? Yeah, sure. I know you won't, but yeah, I'm at Sabio Fantana. Cool. But yeah. Well, don't take it personally. I haven't released a single episode of this yet, so that's, that's why fine. no one's that's why no one's reached out to you about your amazing uh, first two episodes on on Shortbox Summary just yet. That's okay. Send me an invite on Xbox. Let's play some Halo or something. Let's play some fucking Halo. Yeah. Halo. Fabio and I are playing ranked because we're so good at the game. Yeah. Real good. And when I say we're so good, I mean Fabio throws me on his big log carrying back and drags <laughs> me over the finish line like a hero. No, George is great too. Let's play some Halo. Let's play some fucking Halo. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Please tell a friend. If you know how to listen to this episode, that means you can explain to someone how to listen to an episode, which would be super cool of you to do. Yeah, look forward to see the scripts I'm writing right now are for New Avengers and also uh, going to have Aaron and Marty back on to talk about the year 2000 and hit film x-men oh my god yes all right until next time everyone thank you so much for listening have a wonderful night and i will talk to you soon au revoir